Today is all about Greek religion and culture. Now, the first thing that you've got to know about the Greek religion is that they had a lot of gods. Having a lot of gods makes them polytheistic. Uh, poly means many, and theism is has something that has to do with gods. So, uh, polytheistic is worshiping many gods, unlike the Jews who had one god. Okay, so, these gods, most of them, or the powerful ones, live together on Olympus. But I'm going to tell you two stories, and I want you to think about what these stories really mean uh, as far as what the Greeks actually believed, how they saw the world. Okay, so the first story is of Cronos uh, and Zeus. So there was a god, his name was Cronos. He was the god of time. Being the god of time, he was uh, viewed as a devourer. Uh, time eats everything. And so because time eats everything, Cronos decides he's going to eat his own children. So he's afraid that they'll grow up and overthrow him because he grew up and overthrew his father and took his place. And so every time his wife would have a baby, Kronos would eat the baby, uh, just swallow the, the sucker whole. Um, of course, his wife doesn't like this, and once, he's, once they've had so many kids, his wife decides to take a rock and wrap it in um, just like so, some robes and, and blankets and things. And so Kronos takes the rock, swallows it, thinking it was the baby, and uh, Rhea, his wife, hides the baby. So Zeus is raised somewhere away, fed by goats, or the stories change. Um, and he grows up, and he wants to defeat his father. He goes to his mother, who gives him some, some potion. He drinks it, Kronos drinks it, and he loses his lunch. He, he vomits up the babies. And they are, of course, full-grown because that's the kind of weird thing that happens in Greek mythology. And these full-grown babies then uh, overthrow Kronos and imprison him and establish themselves as the gods, the gods of Olympus. Now, think about that for a second. What does that say about how the Greeks see their gods? We learned about the Hebrews who saw their God as benevolent and good, um, how do the Greeks see theirs? They, second story, second story has to do with Baucis and Philemon. Uh, Baucis was a, um, they were a husband and wife, kind of old people, and not Mercury, Hermes and Zeus come together, the messenger god and the god of the sky. They come together in disguise into this city, and everywhere they go, they're turned away. Everyone says, oh, we don't have space for you. We don't want you here. They're quite rude about it. Nobody will help them except this elderly couple. And so they come through. Finally, the elderly couple is so impressed by their guests. They're so happy about how this visit has gone, that they decide that they're going to uh, kill their goose. The, their last kind of decent possession is this goose, so they're going to kill the goose and feed it to Zeus. Well, the goose is scared and, of course, recognizes who Zeus is, jumps up on his lap, and Zeus says, you know, don't kill your goose, but 
this is who we are and we're going to destroy your city because it's terrible so we're going to warn you please leave so that you don't get sucked up and killed in this process too and so uh Bausus and Philemon, they go, they're climbing up this mountain, they turn around and look just in time to see a massive flood come in and destroy the entire village. But their house was magically transformed into this beautiful temple. And so they asked Zeus, they said, could we be the caretakers of this temple? And when we die, could we, could we die together? And so they did make them the caretakers of the temple and when they died, they became trees that were entwined with each other and grew strong and everything. So think about that, too. What does that story tell you about what the Greeks believed? Okay, now, moving on, philosophy. Uh, there's just a few philosophies and a few philosophers that you should be familiar with, mostly because you still see people doing these today. The first one is Epicurus, who comes up, of course, with Epicureanism. This is the idea that you should spend your entire life um, seeking pleasure and avoiding pain. And by pleasure, he means the simple pleasures of life, like that feeling you get when it's just a warm, sunny day and you feel that warm sun on your skin, or eating a really great meal. That, that's the kind of pleasure. This is what Epicurus believed. Because you only have one life to live, so you should live it seeking pleasure. Uh, a few years ago, this philosophy made a huge comeback, and everybody thought they were being super creative, and they'd invented this new philosophy. They called it YOLO, or you only live once. But what they were actually doing is uh, believing in Epicureanism. Ancient philosophy makes a comeback. And you'll see it make a comeback again. It tends to from time to time. The second one you need to know is Diogenes. Diogenes uh, is called Diogenes the dog because he lived in a barrel and ate nothing but onions. Living in a barrel and eating nothing but onions, of course, means that the only friends who love stinky things and living in barrels are dogs. So they called him Diogenes the dog. Uh, the story goes that one day Alexander the Great came to him and said, I've come, I've traveled far seeking of your wisdom, O great Diogenes. And Diogenes looks up at him and says, You know what? I don't have any wisdom. I only have simplicity. And so Alexander the Great is like, Oh, I see what you did there, right? Like simplicity, live a simple life. And that's Diogenes' thing. Live a simple life. Don't complicate it with all this other kind of stuff. Just live simply. So Diogenes is kind of like the Stoics. Now, the Stoics believe that the greatest thing, the greatest virtue is knowledge. So you should acquire knowledge whenever you can. Then, because people who have knowledge know that there are some things in their power to change and some things that they cannot change. And so you should just live in harmony with the fates. Accept that there are things you can control and things you can't. Uh, next, they believe that you should just ignore things like luck and pleasure and pain. Ignore those, avoid those. Just live your life um, as simply as possible. I can't think of another word because we call this uh, being stoic. <laughs> so avoid luck bad luck good luck don't don't give into it avoid pleasure and pain 
and just kind of take a, yeah, well, crap happens attitude. The last one you need to know is Plato. Now, the, the key thing with Plato is that he, he's a student of Socrates, super smart guy. But he decided that instead of studying the way things are, you ought to study the way they would be if they were perfect. And so instead of studying, say, society, like our modern sociologists would do, he decides he's going to study what the perfect society would be like. And of course, he has his idea of what this perfect society would be like. But the key thing you need to know for Plato is that he believes in perfection. And so he studies that perfection. Now, just so you know, the modern idea of heaven as this place with pearly gates and stuff like that, that actually comes from Plato, not from Christianity. It's kind of an interesting thing. I'll see you tomorrow.